1: lights down welcome to the post sunday blues a preaching post-mortem here we are end of september fall has come
0: rainy day cooler weather football <laughs> which you love
1: um yeah you started your sermon with football and i was like i i remember when like early early days i feel like you specifically avoided any references to sports just so that you wouldn't be the like preacher who preached on sports
0: well that that was at your instigation but i feel like i've still cleared that bar (laughs) where this wasn't a sports story where i'm praising the tenacity of an athlete Uh and getting everybody to recall Uh paul bear bryant the great alabama coach and how against all odds so i still will not do that sort of sports story illustration yeah but i i I hope you appreciated the snark
1: yeah. well we can get to there later i think later on in one of these and lickings or something but um mm-hmm. uh yeah let's i guess get to sermon actually that's no, not i feel like i feel like we've missed the banter i've been missing out on banter with you oh, and i don't yeah. know why i think I, it might be because i'm working full-time so like i'm more in work mode when i come and sit down at this desk and i'm less in like just small ta- small talk cha-cha. maybe if i was at a Working in person, I'd hmm. have more of the like small talk, chit chat. That's thing funny because you
0: are them. fairly stir crazy because of your injury. You I'm basically so live crazy. in our you basically live in our bedroom now.
1: <laughs> it's really it's really kind of bad. I've been thinking I probably need to head downstairs at least a little bit more. But um, yeah, tell me something interesting. <laughs> What's going on in the world? Football. <sighs> and with that. <laughs> Okay, why this sermon? Why this Sunday? We're back in Colossians. Is this uh this is Colossians your third sermon? Your second this sermon? This is the second. Okay. So
0: after the first one Kathy was interviewed. So that was a one off and this is the our
1: first one? Listen to on YouTube again. I think that was also during post surgery yep. Hayes So give me a little bit of a context of like what what you did with that first sermon, especially since again the listeners also, if they've been sitting through your sermons, though they've also had this weird interlude with um, the psalm. So so give us uh, give us the Colossians introduction overview. Where does this yes. where does this sermon stand?
0: thinking about whether the introductory sermon or this particular one, this whole idea of formation. We as human beings are being formed all the time in various ways that shape how we think, how we respond, how we react, how we process. Going to be talking about some of those same, same things this coming Sunday. And as Paul goes from just the very grace and peace to you introduction of the letter, which is the sermon two weeks ago, even in his Thanksgiving, we're encountering themes about the gospel by which we can be more deeply formed in Christ. So my goal is this this fall, we'll actually make some strides in that direction sure. for whatever ways in which we're being malformed, would we be formed more deeply in Jesus instead?
1: Okay, that sounds, that sounds <clears throat> appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, job-wise, I literally have just been reading about adolescent identity formation. Oh. And the, some of the different uh, stages you can be in and kind of aligning them to, like, adult formation. Like, you could stay around at the adolescent formation areas. And there's probably a parallel to Christian identity formation where you can kind of you know, just be stuck in some of the some of the stages.
0: Can can you give a nugget or two about? <laughs> they
1: have really bad names. This particular adolescent identity it's formation. Like, uh, there's one that's called foreclosure. One stage. The foreclosure is a stage where you are just resigned to the identity that you've been given. Okay. And you haven't done a lot of work in thinking about it you just accept it. Hmm. And then another stage is called moratorium for some reason. <laughs> and that's more the like, fans of this postmortem will appreciate a <laughs> moratorium. I don't, I really, the, the identity labels are, are, are I'm very puzzled by them, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> sound German. Moratorium is the stage where you are thinking a lot about your identity and you're really, really, um, it's like you've researched it a lot, but you're paralyzed by indecision and you haven't made a commitment yet. So hmm. those are the two that were your, um, I think you can be kind of the most fuzzy or where most people are, okay. most high school students are. <laughs> Interesting.
0: So, so surface level, I don't know why, based on what you've just said, the label moratorium <laughs> the label doesn't make so much bad. sense at all.
1: It's <laughs> the needlessly
0: so macabre, but I like it. <laughs> And then also, yeah, it makes sense. And not just adolescents doing some identity formation, malformation, wheel spinning, and in similar ways. Maybe mm-hmm. I should tune in to more of those things.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe
0: on bring your spouse to work day.
1: <laughs> um, Is there I'll, such a I'll thing? I'll you the download. Okay. Um, but in terms of I, Christian identity formation, so and specifically this Message like what are what were the things that were informing it as you were as you were plotting out this sermon? What was informing your particular sermon?
0: Do you want to go into Sun Studio's presence of the Lord and talk more specifically about I, what I'm seeing I here, baby? Yes,
1: sure. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So as I was looking at Colossians one three to eight, we see Paul here, and I mentioned this in the sermon. Speaking of the triad, faith, hope, and love, one of the challenges of this sermon for interpretation and also the coming one, I'm going to use the analogy this coming weekend of, and I, I Googled to make sure that I was using the right phrase. I don't know if there's other ones out there. Do you know what a word cloud is or does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the for Paul in these introductory, introductory sections of these letters, There's just a lot of words and there's always a lot of words with Paul, but the two ways that you can go about interpreting, one would be super specifically diagramming out sentences about the causal or syntactical relation between every piece. Mm -hmm. Or you can consider instead, as Paul is talking about the gospel these words and concepts are overflowing and jumbling together because Jesus is so immense to him. Now, when Paul wants to write very technically, he certainly can. Mm -hmm. He's a brilliant mind, brilliant author. I tend to go with the word cloud idea here with with the Thanksgiving because he's just thinking about the Colossian church that he loves, thinking about all the dimensions of the gospel. And so at first I was struggling, how do I get some footholds here when it's just a ton of word cloud, but I saw, and commentators pointed this out too, that triad of faith, hope, and love, which you get most famously in 1 Corinthians 13. These three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And Paul writes about these concepts in a couple different places, not as clearly in a triad as... Colossians one and 1 Corinthians thirteen, but that sort of gave me the the scaffolding to build out other words and concepts from there. And then I used that triad of faith, hope, and love. Going back to your question, which is why we skipped over into Sun Studio's presence of the Lord, looking more closely at the text. What is forming us, or should form us in Jesus? Why? What else besides faith, hope, and love? Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's sort of where I where I went. So, end of verse four into verse five. Since we heard of your faith, number one, in Christ Jesus, and of the love, number two, that you have for all the saints, because of the hope, number three, and that's yeah, to me, that's the central axis of this part of Paul's Thanksgiving and prayer.
1: Sure, definitely get it. Um, what to me the the challenging part would be like. And I think you did do a good job of it. But to me, one of the challenges would be like faith, hope, and love being so syrupy almost when it comes to Christian culture. Or just yeah. like, I don't know, like non, non, um, non, thing words that just fly over you without thinking about them. So I, guess, like, I yeah. guess that answers my question. So then you did a deeper dive on each one of those concepts.
0: Yeah, also related to this coming Sunday, and I don't want to steal my own thunder here. Instead of robbing Peter to pay Paul, I'm robbing Jim to, to pay Jim. One of the things that I look for in sermon preparation in any given text, the word that I'll use in the sermon this coming Sunday is friction,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where there's some either within the passage itself or an obvious way in which the passage hits rough edges of us personally or culturally. Those are the veins that you want to mine for interesting sermons because mm-hmm. you you see the friction, you see the tension points, and that that's sort of where you go. This is a passage that doesn't have a lot of friction to it right, because, because, oh, Paul's giving thanks for the Colossian church at still a pretty pro forma point of the letter. What's he talking about? Faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. Boring. Right. So then the object of the preacher in a passage like this is to give... Specifically, thinking about faith, hope, and love, enough hooks that mm-hmm. you can still dig into people's hearts, attitudes, thought patterns in some inst- interesting ways, or else you lose them. So that's what I that's what I tried to do.
1: Yep, I think we're there. Um, or I think that yeah, I can see that, and it makes sense that you've structured this way. Yeah,
0: and the specific hooks um, for each of these, with the idea of faith, I wanted to give it the accent of. When Paul talks about faith, as he says in verse 4, it's faith in Christ Jesus. I mentioned Shepherd Book from Firefly. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you believe yeah. I, I, as long as you believe it.
1: Right. It's just what empty. is that even? It's, yeah. Right.
0: right. right. I, I, it's, I said no No Christian preacher should ever say that. I believe that. Thinking more broadly, what kind of holy man or holy woman says that to begin with? Like yeah. the...
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe so,
0: but, but it's
1: the basis of a lot of, there are definitely, I guess, even Christian claiming yeah, churches that would say that. that yeah. Kind of fluffy, be- fuzzy. believes something. Yeah.
0: So, okay. If, and if people are saying that, I would just simply disagree and say that's, that that's not a great idea. And if one of the things that I try to do in my preaching and in this podcast is to show that the secular emperor has no clothes when what has the ring of truth if you actually unpack it either in light of simple rationality or in light of the gospel it doesn't hold up to closer inspection i don't care what you believe as long as you believe it Mm -hmm. is one of those things like yeah it sounds yeah that sounds about right but then when you just scratch a little bit below yeah. the surface it's Psychopathy. like yeah this is there's so many there's so many holes in it uh, but so for us as christians trying to reinforce or to clarify for people that are hopefully by god's grace taking steps towards jesus when we talk about faith faith has an object in the biblical worldview when faith is the hook that hooks us into jesus so faith is the Highway, the transfer mechanism to use over mechanistic terms, but Jesus is what it's all about. So Paul is not, is less interested, put it this way, Mm -hmm. of encouraging the Colossians to deepen in their faith in itself. He's more intent on the Colossians deepening in their faith, specifically in, in Jesus, because that's where you get... Like he mentions in a couple of verses later, that's where you get the grace and truth, and and you need both. Trying at that point, M, um, to connect with negative self-talk, where okay, grace and truth also Bible words, but so often when we get into negative headspaces or unhelpful ones, our in, our inner voices can either be all truth, no grace, or all grace, no truth.
1: Right, or the balance that you were fleshing out that I'm awesome all the time. And then I'm terrible all the time. Yeah. Like trying to find a balance in that tension line too.
0: Yeah. And it's, it sounds facile to to talk about in briefly in a podcast, but I think it's still the case in a lot of pastoral counseling situations. Uh, um, Most of our, well, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for myself Uh, having been, on either side of the couch in therapy and and in Christian counseling, there there's a lot of people a lot of the time that have some permutations of either I'm worthless, uh, I have no value, or I'm awesome, and those are both problematic paths if if we go down them. So yeah, really super common ways of thinking. If they're super common struggles or problems, then grace and truth. Aren't just words on a page, but they're aspects of Jesus that we vitally really need.
1: Sure. Sure. And then so do you want to flesh out hope and love <laughs> here too, or do we go to Muddy Waters for this? Briefly. <laughs> so the with
0: the hope is the convictional thing, convictional versus aspirational. So I I hope I have steak dinner soon. Uh-huh.
1: That's
0: a, that's an aspirational hope. But that doesn't mean necessarily that I know that I'm going to have steak dinner on a given day or at any given point. The, the biblical hope is not just hoping for the best in the face of long odds, but it's convictionally founding ourselves upon a certain future. So whether it's faith or hope or the Christian life in generally, we are constantly called by Jesus to live back to the future where...
1: Are you giving yourself, like, references in the podcast now instead of, the, like, references just to the sermon? We'll, like, you just we'll need a new podcast dinner. feed. You just had a steak dinner. <laughs> not with me. Who <laughs> am Reference I, if not Back, referential? Back to the future. Yeah. There's a new Broadway, Back to the Future, by the way.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Not interested. The, <laughs> yeah, I, I may or may not have had a very nice steak dinner on, <laughs> on, on Sunday night. <laughs> well, what did you have for dinner on sunday night
1: <laughs> i had cheese <laughs>
0: lovely manifique, and and then love simply trying to express the pra- the practicality of biblical love it's not warm thoughts fuzzy mm-hmm. it, it's not benign but vague thoughts and prayers going it's in various directions deeper. it's it's showing up yeah. uh and and if it's the case that um Love is becoming tribalized where I, I think a lot of people across political ideologies would say, yeah, we should care for everybody. Mm-hmm. But if practically speaking, if I'm in community relationship with some people and not others, not the good guys, then that actually becomes a lot more problematic pretty, pretty quickly. But, but there is room for biblical love to truly cross boundaries in ways that were pr- provocative in the ancient world and provocative provocative now. So sure. trying, to, trying to stress practicality. And finally, the only other thing, I'll talk about this in coming weeks too. The passage ends with the Holy Spirit as the engine for all of this growth and is made known to us your love, Paul says in verse 8, in the Spirit. Kind of strangely, and commentators don't really have a good answer for this. The Holy Spirit is referenced relatively infrequently in the Book of Colossians. Mm-hmm. People aren't sure why. And I, I don't have that note in front of me. It, it might be only two or three times.
1: But this is one of them.
0: Yeah, when the spirits when the spirits mentioned. Uh, but uh, it's important when Paul does, and it's the Spirit that gives us faith, that gives us hope, that gives us love.
1: Right. Um. And I did kind of, I, what, were, what were you saying? Like, it it makes, the Holy Spirit is what is making you actually want to act, like, act out in love or act in faith and act in hope.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, so you know, you're being formed in Christ where if you're stepping out in faith, hope and love in different ways that previously would seem unnatural and or unattractive to you uh-huh. to actually mm-hmm. want to step into those things and feel like you have the wherewithal to do so people wonder about how do I know if the Holy Spirit is actually in me or active in my life? Well, if you're growing in these graces, that's one of the signs.
1: It's the active hope yeah. or it's the active voice inside you. That's kind of telling you. Yeah, absolutely. To move in these directions. Mm-hmm. Um, mudding the waters. What, what, as you were thinking about these things, what are the um, specific contexts you're engaging here?
0: the brand x's in different ways so if there is deep gospel formation that we see occurring through this passage in in colossians when this is good this is good human flourishing here in jesus that paul is both noting and commending uh, what are some other things that can typically grow us and oh by the way just as we're always being formed, we're always producing one thing or another with either negative or positive vectors attached to them. Can we be sure that we simply just aren't wasting our carbon? Yeah. Uh, And then more specifically, the brand X is, well, What if hope in Jesus Christ is the anchor in Colossians 1, what are some other anchors or baselines that, that people can use? And I think I said in the sermon, hey, there's any number of these, but I just pulled out three. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm a good person. I just don't want to hurt anybody and everything's going to work out. Admittedly, those three things are pretty benign, but that was sort of the point we're saying even things that, yeah, yeah, that, that would seem uncontroversial in a lot of levels, the more you try to lean on and live out from these premises and principles, they're writing checks that they can't cash, and mm-hmm. in, in, in various ways. So, so wanting us to say, "Hey, a lot of these fallbacks that seem like good alternatives, good rival stories to the gospel." So, for example, okay, all this Jesus crucified and resurrected stuff—it's for the birds. Probably didn't happen, and Jesus leads us in ways that are harmful. For a world right now, instead, I don't. I don't need any of that historical, institutional, religion stuff. I. I just think I need to be a good person, mm-hmm. and that's that. That's not just an idea, but that that's a constitutive narrative that people can can try to live by all the time. And yeah, I just want to be a good person, and I think that's what life is about. Is better than thinking I just want to be a bad person, and that's what 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 life is about. But I don't think it gets us as far as uh, as we might think, and even sure. F- it, I
1: mean, I think it makes you spin out a little bit because nobody is actually good. So it really puts you into a modality where you are always evaluating or trying to hide the things in you that are not good because yep. they're they're just innately are not good things. Or you try to wash them over and say they're not they're making excuses for them, or saying they're not bad, or I don't know there's this is my reality TV I know you want me to reference books more but <laughs> reality TV Reddit. Um, the modern
0: novel that's what people call I've, reality TV. I'm watching TV.
1: love is blind so there's like this this specifically <laughs> the specific discussion where somebody is having to decide whether they want to continue a relationship with someone who has said that they have cheated on someone in the past and mm. like on all of reddit there's like people who are like mad at the guy who thinks that it's bad that the person admitted cheating to him because it's isn't it innately good that she's admitting it which is true but like I I, I don't know it, it was it's like a whole like um, kind of spinning narrative about well it's not cheating isn't bad if it was because of this and this and this mm-hmm. and um I, I don't know I, I like just, that I just um I think there's a certain reality where I want to be a good person. I cheated on someone, so I didn't, I didn't want to reveal that. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was because of this and this and this, I'm actually good. I'm not somebody who's a cheater or we're going to cheat again. Um, I'm actually still good. Like you have to like work yourself into this instead of just acknowledging like I was wrong and I, I, that was something I shouldn't have done. And I I was not a good person. Yeah. (laughs) Like, having to wrestle with things like
0: that i'm glad you brought that up that's really interesting and if i could do a armchair christian diagnosis of <laughs> of those this things scenario. and it, incidentally on my new orleans text thread both my primary text threads are interesting right now the in the jazz fest text thread with friends from other places, they're they're all traveling in Europe right now, so so, so it's become a very it so bougie. Much, it's so, ge- <laughs> it's, it's so, a bougie, so much cheaper in the fog. Bougie text read. September, right, October, November right, is the time right you should go to Europe. Okay, so you know. and then with with the New Orleans group, a uh, uh, classmate of ours from the same high school that I was referencing in the sermon has sort of become a celebrity doctor on the on the New Orleans scene, where he gives commentary when when the Saints. New Orleans Saints football players, speaking of football once again, get injured. They'll go to him to to, to comment. <laughs> to
1: get the quote.
0: Yeah, on what what this type of injury means, and he he has a pretty active social media. Uh-huh. Ask Doctor So and So, and he's uh-huh. like, "Hey, I'm Doctor So and So, checking in with another nugget when he diagnoses other like social media injuries and uh-huh. fails." And, uh-huh. So anyway, I'll do that right now.
1: Okay. That was a long. What setup. you're
0: to... Jim, why are your introductions for, for to your sermon so, so long? <laughs> with with that, should he have said that he was unfaithful in a previous relationship? A she. she. Sorry, you're right. That's w- what you said. Uh, <laughs> the, the back and forth on the Reddit threads, I think, illustrate the slippage that occurs when one doesn't have a paradigm of all grace and all truth. Mm-hmm. So... When when you don't have the full grace and full truth of Jesus Christ, you pinball back between leaning in directions of grace or leaning in directions of truth. But if you're not anchored by the other, you lose the other. So if it's the just the truth, well, he's a bad person or I shouldn't have told him or, or or cover up. That's the all truth and no, yeah. no grace. But then the flip side, uh, everybody cheats why are we even talking about this? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. The that's the all grace, all grace and no truth. So, mm-hmm. so what can seem as a ancient and even worse arcane paradigm mm-hmm. of, of grace and truth. When we don't have that, we get caught in Reddit rabbit holes yeah. like like that one. Last thing, reality TV. <laughs> have you seen so that watching the Eagles game last night? The the previews for the Golden Bachelor.
1: I am aware of. I have not seen the previews because I tend to skip commercials. But right. I, I am aware of the Golden Bachelor. So yes. like
0: like like an old guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he seems he kind of seems like a dork. Yeah. I, I, what's yeah. what's the scuttlebutt on. on?
1: I have a, I, I really have been not bacheloring for about a year.
0: So. Okay, okay. <laughs> sure, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Fans of, gold, Golden Bachelor, but Golden Ladies, you can do
1: better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Good. Um. Okay, bar band cover tunes would be kind of bar band cover tunes. Oh yeah, just yeah. As it is just kind of riffing. Um, I will say, I I will say that like part of my being stuck in the room, um, in our bedroom, like having to elevate my foot. I'm supposed to be elevating my foot for 50 percent of the day so that's why i'm stuck in the bedroom working um but I, my i'm your
0: kathy bates in misery yeah
1: jim has been doing my laundry and and like lots of other chores while i just sit around and eat popcorn holland wolves emily um, did
0: not get that reference but god baby
1: <laughs> kathy bates in misery some, yeah what was yeah don't actually, worry about oh yeah they, she trapped people in places yeah it? kind of yeah
0: so. entrapment plus grizzly murder got it um yep. It's not it. happening here. I, so
1: I got it. I just ignored it, basically. I feel like. It's <laughs> <laughs>
0: the story of our marriage.
1: Um, but it was striking to me when you were talking about like going to what's on Netflix. Where like I am like I have I have I have reached the breaking point of like I've saturated with reality TV. I'm really done with Big Brother. I huh. do not not want any more Big Brother because I've had enough of it. And interesting. Um, Although Survivor's starting tomorrow night, so that might be an issue. But the idea that like, okay, I'm topping to, like, actually spend tapping time out. the time that I'm sitting in bed doing nothing because I can't do tours and blah 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 blah, blah. I really yeah. need to like re engage with people or um or with books or with I don't know what else. Like Faith, book, hope and photography, love. um, going back and trying to edit our family photos, like trying to do something more productive than netflix but that's my <laughs> that's
0: my <laughs> just binge just as good
1: it's <laughs> my conviction point my holy spirit conviction point um as we move into bar band cover tunes where we discuss the references that you made yeah i think
0: on sorry go ahead
1: yeah go for it go
0: were you gonna go giacomo party?
1: <laughs> i wrote down who is this person why are you reading him <laughs> that, that's the zibaldone yeah yep. yeah 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 the big giant book
0: yeah which i broke down and i think i've not, told you not this reading. no I, i'm still reading it but i broke down and got the kindle version because the oh, the it's too big yeah it's like literally the too book big. <laughs> is literally too big for it's like me literally to hold.
1: like the size of two dictionaries <laughs> yeah it's like reading
0: a phone book uh but and the uh the kindle version is is new enough that it it's hyperlinked correctly and and all that stuff so it's actually a nice kindle version the giacomo party writing in the early 1800s not a christian but then also not a fan of romanticism i forget if i said in the sermon or not in some ways romanticism as the, as a movement is a forerunner of a lot of uh, impulses that seem very right and true to to us today, as far as expressivism, trusting your feelings, etc. Uh Leopardi said, that's, that's just hogwash. And he asks rhetorically, how do the ignorant differ from the wise in their hopefulness?
1: Oh, those dumb hopeful people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a, Bitter man, but uh, his reasons for bitterness were very honest and logical. And right. So, so that got at the idea of the hope is convictional versus aspirational. Mm-hmm. And Leopardi, from a photo negative standpoint, would agree. Yeah. You know, what a lot of people do as far as hoping for the best doesn't make any sense at all. That's the mark, not of a wise person, but of an ignorant one. Mm-hmm. Giacomo Leopardi. Right.
1: Uh, you you already went through Firefly um, and Shepherd Book. Yep. Um, were you referencing Twitter X when you were saying brand X? I feel like brand no. X, So people can't say brand X anymore because now there's like a brand X and it's so dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I hadn't thought of that 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 was I guess I don't know if it was a conscious reference, but that that was the old mid 20th century advertising where yeah. you compare
1: brand X with something. Yeah,
0: Clorox to... to, Well, now there's a brand X. To brand X. (laughs) Which I joined last night, speaking of.
1: (laughs) Because they finally put up enough firewalls. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: I would use bleedinggreennation.com. They would curate a Twitter feed during the game, so I would watch
1: Mm
0: -hmm. a thread of Eagle's Twitter through their website, but X closed off that portal, so...
1: Now you know that you told me you want to stay anonymous on Twitter, and yet you're just now announcing that you're on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Come at me, bros.
1: <laughs> See if they can find you.
0: Come find me. The person well,
1: it doesn't post anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll tease this. The, my, my fake Twitter name does have personal significance, including it's a name, it's a riff on a name that has been referenced in this podcast oh, before.
1: No. Um, Let's see. Last you referenced. I don't know what. I can't read my handwriting. Actually, I don't think this was a reference. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all I had for barband cover tunes.
1: Your basketball and football. Referencing your high school days. Right. <laughs> yep.
0: Tubes. Good old Tubes. Yeah. I, he, he wasn't really a friend of mine.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> One more thing. Uh, I should, uh, note, uh, note to self, I I should social media stalk him and see what he's up to these days. I was days.
1: thinking, it's more authentic when you say that you've majored in science, because like <laughs> philosophy could be considered a science. <laughs>
0: the queen of the sciences?
1: It is, it, it, it is like pretty, it has structure, like a science philosophy study yeah. of
0: Things. Since you mentioned it, that, that that was actually a mini office reference where ah. the check made up to science. So a couple of guitar slim pickings, Emma, unless you have more barbine cover tunes. Uh, one thing, and if sometimes in here, things that I forgot to mention during the sermon. Um, when I was talking about agape, deep love of Christ in the community of faith, uh, breaking down barriers, I was going to reference Colossians 3. 11 where paul speaks of the community in christ here there is not greek and jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave free but christ is all and in all that was simply an oversight on my part i i realized later in the sermon when i read actually when i went went to read the legal party quote oh i forgot to read the colossians 3 quote but i had gotten past that point in the sermon and had thought about ways to get back to it, but I, I never quite got the uh, got the got the ship back into that particular dock. And then also, I cut out from the towards the end of the sermon talking about, and I guess we could have talked about this in muddying the waters, thinking about how Paul says the church is growing around the world. And I did a ninety-second apologetic about, hey, look at how the church has grown throughout the ages. That's got to say something. But then the back and forth is, yeah, but the church has done a lot of harm mm-hmm. and has been aided by power. Driving towards the point, the church has been best and grown best when it's was when it been decoupled from power. I think that's true.
1: Hmm.
0: Where, where Christianity grew early in the right. early centuries. When, it's suppressed. when it was suppressed. And then 20th century missions movement into the present day, Christianity growing quickly. Yeah. And I'm not a expert missiologist, but, you know, growth of the gospel in the church in China in the 20th century, for, for example, the I, I think that's true. I was going to mention, but then I thought it would be distracting late in the sermon and also maybe too indulgent. But that's what this podcast is for. I was going to mention... Um, that we saw the tomb of Voltaire when we were in Paris last uh-huh. month at, at the Pantheon, and the, that
1: would be a little
0: indulgent. The, the quip that that you'll hear Christians use about Voltaire is that uh, Voltaire famously claimed that Christianity wouldn't live past the generation after him, and yep. it seems it seems to have. So,
1: meanwhile. Wait. Do you think our children would know who Voltaire is? <laughs> I mean, just to prove the point.
0: I don't know. Do they think that we're living the best Wolf of all new, possible know worlds? who
1: Voltaire is. Um, Holland Wills, We haven't heard from you. If you want to write in, even like not about Jim Servant, just like <laughs> what do you want to know? Like, what do you want this podcast to be about? Should we revamp you the want more headings Reddit, of this? <laughs> advice
0: and Reddit threads from from Emily. Actually. <laughs> I mean, that could be a cottage. So Helen, what was Emily's oh, who you find first, super <laughs> superpower is internet skills. So if any uh-huh. of you need Emily for some internet, one type of internet skill or another, she really is an expert.
1: Yeah. It's a curse. <laughs> As Not is every gift. Um, but feel free to write to us. Um, thanks for listening. Any other uh, church news that you want
0: to... So I, I had... This doesn't happen very often, but I failed to get to posting part two of Kathy's Five Golden Things by last Friday, so it is going to be here this Friday. Be on the lookout for Five Golden Things Part 2 from Kathy. It'll be great.
1: Sounds good. And with that, how was it?
0: I don't think they heard you. That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy.